happen. Are you ready for the word today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. One more time, put those hands together and give the Lord praise. If you're ready for the word online, say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So look, uh, I, one of the things I remember about growing up the way that I did, and some of you uh, can identify with this, is there was this whole thing about, um, you know, there being pride um, about asking for help. Anybody other than me? Okay. You don't want to let people know that you are in need of help. And can I tell you, if I can just keep it all the way 100, is the fact that there are many families that are in generational decline. And there are patterns that have been perpetuated. There are people that are in a, um, in a cycle that never ends in many regards because of pride. Yes, the Bible was right when it says stuff like pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a great fall. And so the fact of the matter is that this is the case. And if I can tell on myself, there's some of you that know this, but I always share, you know, even for me, like I said, we sing these songs, you know, don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. And, you know, I look back over my life and think things over. I'm not. Where are you? All that wonderful stuff. And the way that we are now, my wife and I, around certain things, it's especially because of what God has delivered us from. And just over 10 years ago, uh, my family and I, my wife and I, when we lived in the States, we lived there for 14 years, for those who don't know this. Uh, and being there, we were started out as young kids. I was my, on my own since I was 17 years old. And started my life and... There are many principles, especially money principles, that I did not get. And certain things that I would have loved to know, but I wasn't able to know. When you get some bills, then you can start asking questions. Yeah, y'all didn't hear that type of stuff. Come on, somebody. So anyways, you know, growing up in a context like that, in many regards, there were things that were missed out. And over 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, my family and I, we lost our home. We lost our first home, my wife and I, uh, and our two children, Gabriel and Noah. This is before Claire was here. We lost our home. Our home went into foreclosure uh, because of our financial status at that time, and we lost our first home. I mean, we had a house from, I believe we were 24 years old when we got that house. And God did a miracle for us to get it, and we got to the place where there was difficulty. Some people think that pastors... Start churches to get rich. And I'm here to tell you, not all of us are out here on celebrity status, fam. We're not out, uh, not all of us are not out here in private jets and things of this nature. And there's nothing wrong with those things within the context of, of necessity when they're needed. But not everybody is like the caricatures and the stereotypes that you see. And we've, this is our third church plant, you know. And being at at home, uh, there in, in Grand Rapids is where we were, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we got to the place where our money was tight. We had more month than money, and it was insane. And we got the foreclosure notices. And the crazy thing is, in those moments, not one time did we think to call family. Why? 
because you don't let people know that you're slipping. My wife and I, we look back now in retrospect and we're like, man, listen, now that we own a home, now that we're looking, we're going to be owning multiple properties and, and all of this sort of stuff. And God has blessed us uh, to, to literally make the decisions and to level up to where we can begin to do those things. Come on, somebody. We look back and we're like, we should have asked family. We should have asked for help. We should have humbled ourselves and we could have that property. Come on. Over there in the States making that U.S. guap. <laughs> Guapamole. <laughs> but the fact is we were not willing to ask for help. Are y'all seeing where I'm going with this thing? And as I think about this, this is problematic, especially in the church, because, you know, what I love, notice last week, uh, most people, when we think of the church, uh, we think about it in a spiritual context exclusively. But the thing about the people of God is that as I started talking about last week, because this is the vision that I have for the church. Like I shared with you, there are many of you that don't know this, uh, just a, a few weeks ago when we had our sound of prayer event. And while we were in here, you know, the Lord put in my heart and said, he told me two specific amounts of money that we needed to give to two people that were in here in a prayer event. And so I literally said, I stopped at the end of the prayer. We prayed for three hours and I literally said, I need everybody in here to bring all of the loose change and the money in your pockets. And if you want to give, you can give. And the people that literally started, all y'all that were here, you remember, started coming. I believe O'Neill was up here, and they're all up here, and they're trying to, like, tally all of the money to figure out how much is the money that's coming up. It was insane in that moment. And the Lord told me two people to give $2,000 to. We gave $4,000 away in a prayer service out of pocket change. Y'all aren't even hearing me today. And one of the people literally told me and said, Pastor, my check earlier that day was $200 and I needed more. And I literally said to God, God, I really wish and needed this check to be $2,000. And they showed up at the prayer service getting ready to give their last. And then they ended up getting $2,000 in the house on that night. I'm telling you, we're not out here being sporty, man. This is... We're hearing from God, and God is meeting not just spiritual needs. Are y'all with me? Well, I want to talk about it. But many of us, we don't, we don't get needs met because closed mouths don't get fed. Oh, my. But Acts chapter 4, I love it. Look, so I'm just setting the backdrop. We're talking about leveling up as we're preparing for what it is that God has for us and I want you to understand and get the heart and see what I'm sharing. Verse 32 of Acts 4. Keep your finger in 2 uh, Kings 4. And I want you to note this. Text says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, consequently, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. And great grace was upon them all. And verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. 
For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of, of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. I'm not talking about some kingdom communism, you know, where you need to go and like sell all your stuff and bring it to us. And I told you all that. That's not the purpose of what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is imagine we are in a culture where we care about one another and the needs of our brothers and sisters to where if we have the capacity, we literally are willing to take care of the needs of those who are around us to the point where there is no needy person among us. Did I make it up or is it in the text? This was the early church. This is how they were. Where the, and I'm, I'm going where I need to go in a second. Uh, but I want you to understand, man, that this, this, is, this, is this is important. This is imperative. In order for people's needs to be met in that context, they needed to say they had need. The church couldn't know about the need. If they didn't say that they had a need. Come on somebody. And a lot of people. It's too many people getting offended. About things that you didn't say you were going through in the first place. Okay I'm going to keep moving. But it is what we are called to do as the church. To help and to walk with people who are in difficulty. And to help and to empower people who need knowledge. To be able to give them the tools to fish. And so watch. Uh, there's an assignment. It's Galatians chapter 6 verse 2. What book did I say? I'm just going to read through these because I want to get to where I want to get to. Bible says bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is to bear the burdens of one another. And so there are many people that are scared to voice their need, not just monetarily, but otherwise because of the fact that we feel like we are called to be self-sufficient. I'm self-made. Come on, somebody. We want to, again, braggadocious, that spirit of arrogance where God has not, God is not called. The only person that was sent in the earth to do it by themselves was Jesus. Oh, I wonder if there's anybody that see. There's nobody else that could have died for the sins of mankind. Come on. But even Jesus, after doing what only he could do by himself, invested in 12 disciples. And now, consequently, there are Christians all around the world that are being used to declare the gospel. But the assignment was never for us to do it ourselves. And even Jesus, when he was in a position in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he felt like quitting. And he's like, because, you know, that's what I love about Jesus. You know, they include in his humanity those statements and things where we see in Scripture where it talks about. He's like, my soul is sorrowful to the point of death. And he asked the disciples to watch and pray with me. Not only this, John 13, 35, here it is. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So watch, one of your biggest witnesses is loving on your brother and sister in Christ. One of the biggest witnesses that declare and show that we are fault disciples means followers, that we are followers of Christ, is how we love on and help those who are in need in our midst. 
So watch, not only are many of us to the place where we're not fulfilling Christ's laws, but we're also to the place where we are blocking our witness because we're not loving on our neighbors. Okay, so with that said, there's a story, and I love this story so much. There's some insight in there as we're talking about leveling up. One more time, say level up. There's, uh, there's, some, there's some principles in here that I want you to grab because what it is is that in order to get to that Acts 4 church that we noticed and we talked about where there's no needy people among us and all of this, in order for us to get to the place where we are uh, able to, to walk in a place where we are bearing the burdens of one another, we've got to level up. And there are various things we're going to continue talking about and I want to share in regards to this today. So 2 Kings chapter 4, are you there? Yeah. Look. Bible, the Bible says, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets of Elijah, someone say Elijah, prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, speaking of her husband. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And so look at this stuff, man. I mean, they're to the place where this man was a man of God that followed Elisha, and who was God's prophet in the earth at the time. And he died and left his wife and the two children, and they were in debt. And this woman, instead of saying, now nah, we got it together, we don't have to talk, I'm not telling anybody. She calls the man of God who represented at that time God in the earth and, and, and asks him and comes to him with this difficulty, right? As the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, that God in times past spoke to us through the prophets. And then now in the New Testament, on, already speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so here now, we see that the prophet Elisha is here. She comes to him and she declares that her son, she don't want her sons to be sold into slavery. Are you with me? Verse 2 says, and Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? And she tells him and then goes on and says, tell me. And then he asks her, what, pay attention, have you in the house? Yeah. And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. I want you to peek this. I want you to understand this. I want you to note this. And I'm going to go to verse 3 in a second. But it's powerful because she has a debt issue. And watch. Before... In verse 3, watch, he tells her, then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. But he te before he tells her to go outside, he asks her, what do you have in your house? In other words, what she had in her house, was, God was, was capable of taking and using that. This is this talking about money stuff. To literally eliminate the debt that was getting ready to position her household to have her sons in slavery. Are you seeing it in the text? But she speaks about it as if it's nothing except, watch, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. There are many of you that you are talking about what you have in your house right now as an exception. 
You're talking about the contents of your house as something that is mini, something that is minuscule. Come on, somebody. And God is saying, I have literally given you the contents that you need to, that, that you need to be set up for a miracle. Look in the text. I want you to peep this. Let me tell you this. He goes on and he says then, go outside and borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Empty vessels and not too few. So look, she had the contents, but she needed to go out. And first, before this, notice, she ha in order for her to do this, she has to be willing to admit that she has a deficiency. We usually skip to what comes next in the text, but I want you to note this, that in order for her to experience the miracle that we're about to see in the passage, she had to humble herself and go to her neighbors and ask for help. Are y'all seeing this? She has to go out of her house. She has to go and knock on the doors of neighbors who are probably going to be like, so why, what, yo, you don't have your own vessels in the house, fam? Whenever you ask for something, I mean, it's crazy because I know this whole idea of us being in the position of the lenders and not the borrowers and all this. But it's some folk, even if you're a lender, that have to borrow. And she now is in the position where she literally has to humble herself and go beyond herself to go and knock and ask for help. And this is powerful to me because I want you to note this. Here, here, here. Here it is. Sometimes, I got two for you, leveling up is not about your content, it's about your capacity. She didn't have enough jars to hold the miracle that God had for her. She had the content, but didn't have the capacity. And so she literally left, come on somebody, to go and to borrow and get capacity. Can you stay with me? Many of you think that it is an issue of content. No, your idea is great. The dream God has placed in your heart is great. The idea to own several Airbnbs is awesome. Come on. The idea for you to be a business owner or to write that book or to do whatever it is that the Lord has put in your heart to do. All of that is awesome. Oftentimes, it's not a content issue. It's a capacity issue. And so God, watch, 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 watch. She goes out and when she goes out, God literally positions her to, uh, to receive capacity from her neighbors from the outside to then come back to the house to posi which positioned her to receive the miracle that she needed based on the content that she already had in her house what's powerful to me this is why i love even just thinking about on an ecclesiastical level in church this is why i believe i shared that story about god saying bring the couple bring the money bring the stuff in your pocket everything you need is already in your house I believe that in seed form, we literally have everything that we need to go to the next level as a church in this house. Come on, somebody. I believe that every single one of you that is here, that the hand that you have been dealt, that God has put in your hand, you have been naming it as an exception. 
captured and God is saying I can take come on five loaves and two fish I can literally take everything that you have right now and cause it to come to the place of multiplication that will break the back of debt some of you off of your life that will break oh my there is content that is there and that's enough but oftentimes about your capacity there are many of you, you want to act like you know everything, and that's why you don't have a mentor. That's why you come to church, come on somebody, and you're like, oh, he's going to that text again. I've been reading that since I'm a child. And you've still been bound since you've been a child. And the reason why is because of that arrogant tale. The devil is a liar. God has desired to break some stuff off of you. And I'm coming for that devil today in Jesus' name. That has been getting you to the place where you're saying, I know it all. That know-it-all devil is why all is jacked up at times in your life. You got to get to the place and I, where we humble ourselves, where you're showing up to church and you're not like sitting there crossing your legs like, mm -hmm, let's wait and see how they entertain me today. Church is not about entertainment or spectatorship. Your pastors are on our face seeking God as to what is necessary for you to go to the next level it's not just about my house it's about your house come on somebody and if you would show up and humble yourself and grab this word you watch breakthrough take place in your life for God's glory now I'm not watching that thing I mean no why they charge so much I mean you understand how much value someone can add to your life by the information. There's some of you, you don't see this tangible thing and you think that that is what is necessary in order for you to get to the next level. There's some of you, you need a personal trainer to enlarge your capacity. Uh, you need a personal trainer. I know you, you're cool with doing your little uh, push-ups at the house and, and your couple chin-ups that you've been doing since high school. But some of you, y'all don't want to be real with me, need to invest in a personal trainer. Health is wealth. Come on, somebody. What good is you busting tail? I almost said something else. Busting tail to work. Come on, somebody. And get all this stuff. And you can't even enjoy it because your health is gone. Some of you, it might be going and talking to a personal trainer. For some of you, uh, and I'm talking, yes, pastoral leadership. For some of you, it might be going and talking to a therapist. You know, I'm an advocate for Jesus and therapy. Godly therapy, y'all. I'm just put that there. I'm not saying it's imperative for you. There's someone you need to go and you need to talk to somebody to increase your capacity. This is it. Are you seeing it? They go to the neighbors and they say, hey, this is what is going on. I need, she says, I need vessels. Somebody say capacity. Some of you, again, let me say it. It's not a content issue. It's a capacity issue. It's that it's not that you don't have the skill to be able to generate the wealth that is needed to, for, to pass on to your children's children, as the Bible says, a good man or a good woman will do. But it's oftentimes that you don't have the skills that are necessary to manage it when it gets here. Are you hearing me? And so it's imperative. I'll tell you this. This is why God said to us, I said, God, you have done so many incredible things for us as a church. Can I just talk about it? You have done so many incredible things. You have done such amazing things. You have provided us with this spot. God, can you just please open this building, Lord? I mean, it's been some spots we've looked at, some places we're like, God, we need to get, can you just hook this up? And God says, the church needs to level up. Yeah. 
He says, this is not going to happen because you stood in a corner and fasted and prayed. Come on. He's like, this one, the thing that's going to happen in this next season is going to be tied to the corporate faith of the church. Come on, somebody. There's God said, no, no, no. We're not going outside. See, look, I got friends I can call on that can literally be like, hey, here's a check for, here's a check for here. And God said, I've been leveling folk up in this church all this year. And many of them have forgot. Oh, can I just talk about it? I forgot what I've done in their lives. Come on, as we labored and we prayed and we talked to. And God is saying, it's time for us as a church to level up. Because what we need is not that it's not in the house. It's not that we need more. We got doctors. We got lawyers. We got a therapist. We got people that are, that are well-to-do and all sorts of stuff in this church. But it is not about the sacrifice of some. It's about the corporate sacrifice of many. Come on, somebody. Uh, and let me say it again. It's our every mickle, mecca, muckle spirit where we're bringing everything together that we have so that we can walk in together saying what look what the Lord has done not what look what the Lord has done for pastor but look at what the Lord has done for us are y'all with me in here today look man look look, look. so it's about capacity y'all saying if you're going to do this stuff it's about capacity if you're going to go to the next level in your life, it's, you've got to level up in capacity. You know what I love about Gabe and Noah? My sons are the best, man. My kids are the best. I love them so much. Look, and, you know, make sure that when you see my son today, uh, that you both of them, that you give them a power to the people. Uh, because Gabe's fro is, like, serious today. <laughs> so, Peep, Peep, look, they love Fortnite. <laughs> Surprise, right? They love Fortnite. <laughs> And they go nuts on Fortnite. One of the things, I, I can't, I'm, I love them, but I can't stand being down there because they're just yelling, oh my gosh, and you're getting shot at you, shot at you. And I'm like, what on earth? Get out of here. Like, they're just going nuts. And I can't stand it. But one day I went downstairs and I saw them and it was interesting to me and I almost rebuked them when I saw them doing this until, watch, until I peeped and understood what they were doing. Look. They would play, they would go ham, they would be shooting mans, they would go be going off. And if one of them, whenever they got shot and died and needed to respawn, I think that's how you call it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then while they're sitting there waiting, I would see them take out their phone and watch someone on YouTube. Watch someone winning and doing whatever was necessary on YouTube. And then they would watch and they'd watch on YouTube until they respond. Then they would put it down and they would go and they would play. Yeah. And what I realized, I said, son, man, stop. You know, what are you doing? Do one thing. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, dad, what I'm doing is while I'm responding, I'm looking at someone who's better than me. So that I can learn what's necessary. Oh my. That when I get back in the game again. I'm not going to lose in the same way that I just lost. I don't know who I'm talking to in here today. Come on. You've been walking in pride and arrogance. And God is saying it's time. You might have messed up. You might be in a jacked up situation. I dare you to connect with someone and something that is where you are trying to go. Don't let this self-built and self-made culture get you to the place where you are stopping from learning. I'm telling
telling you, you know why I am. You better bet your bottom dollar I'm never losing the house ever again if it's in my control. In fact, I'm going to have so many properties. Can I declare it? I'm going to have so much properties. My kids going to have. Uh, I'm tired of my friends. I, I, friends that don't look like me. Come on. Talking about how. I'm, I'm like, how y'all got this house? How did you get this house? And I'm like, because I, I just couldn't understand. I'm like, Jesus, I'm busting tail. I'm like, where? How on earth? And they're like, well, you know, uh, dad. Dad gave me a, you know, he gave me a cool $75,000 down payment. And I'm sitting there like, he did what? 75,000. I'm like, how on earth? What? Are you serious? And then we begun to talk about certain things. Instead of saying, uh, getting to the place where I pride, uh, get to the place where my pride closed my ears because I think that I'm better than somebody. Oh, y'all do and I learned some stuff when I realized. I said, no, 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 no. When Gabriel's ready to buy a house, he's going to have a down payment. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to take out. I'm not going to take the work ethic out of him. So I'm not going to give it to him for free. But you trust and believe that this pastor, I'm not trying to get rich off y'all. Come on, somebody. But I'm trying to have business on the side. Multiple streams of increase. Y'all aren't hearing me today. That are going to cost them. When Gabriel wants a down payment, he's going to have one. That when Noah wants a down payment, he's going to have one too. And you better trust and believe that when my baby girl is getting ready to get married, God willing, she's not going into no devil debt. Come on, somebody. To Y'all don't like this type of preaching. Some people, oh my gosh, they're just, you know, that prosperity stuff. The devil is a lie. You better trust and believe. I am believing that the generations after me, come on, not just for my house, but I wonder if there's anybody that can shout and jump and say, me too. Come on, somebody. I dare you. I dare you to broaden your capacity. I dare you to get some, subscribe to some podcasts, some godly podcasts teach you how to manage your money. Come on, somebody. That's why we're getting ready to have a money seminar here, a uh, money management seminar as we prop, as we declare is going to happen because our desire is to make sure that you are fortified. There are many of you, you have what you need to be increased, but you're not there because of your capacity. Look at the text. Are y'all still with me? Look at the text. Even Jabez. Know what Jabez, you know, the enlarge my terror. No, he says, Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, all these chapter 4 chapters. Acts 4, 2 Kings 4, 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. Jabez calls out to God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Did he say, give me a bunch of stuff? No. Oh, my, I want you to, he says, enlarge my border. In other words, he's saying, give me more capacity so that if you were to give me stuff, I could actually hold it. Oh, it's a capacity issue. It's a, it's a capacity issue. This is imperative he, that, that we get to the place where we under. And so, so here, here's the next one for you. Your capacity is often determined by your humility. Think it, think it. Your capacity is often determined by your humility. So how much are you willing when the house is in foreclosure to reach out to loved ones and let them say no. Don't say they're no for them. And if they say no, that doesn't mean God said no. You just asked the wrong person. I'm not. 
There are some of you that are literally one question away from your generational line being shifted. Oh God. Are you still there? Look, 2 Kings chapter 4. Look at verse 4. Look at it. Let's see what the text. He says, then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. I love it, man. There's faith here. Not only is there humility, but there's faith. So she brings in the vessels and she's supposed to pour. And when one is full, set it aside. She literally, notice, notice, she has to start doing this before she's seen it happen. And remember, we talked about Abraham last week. Go to a place that I will show you. So literally, he just has to, I can, I can only just imagine. So Abraham, bro, uh, where are you going, fam? Uh, I don't know, to a place where God will show me. Mans are going to walk in like, okay. And look, he's not just going by himself. He's packing up all of his stuff. Imagine the whole, everything he has, they're packing up. And they just walk out the door and just start walking. <laughs> Believing that God is going to give them direction as they go. Shut the door behind yourself and your sons. Help me, Jesus. And pour into all the vessels. Look, and when one is full, put it aside. Watch, watch, watch. watch. Shut the door. Someone say, shut the door. Shut the door. So you got to know. what you're supposed to give people on the outside access to. I can let you know that I had a need and borrowed a vessel, but now it's time to shut the door. Because the miracle that God wants to do for me is between me and my household. There's some stuff, watch this, that people don't deserve the BTS. We live in an Instagram generation when everybody is about revealing behind the scenes footage. And God is saying in order for you to level up, we got to get back to the place, watch, where we get to the place where we value again privacy. Let folk, I'm telling you, it's folks, watch, I want you to understand, some things need to be shared in retrospect. People come to me like, Pastor, I had no clue that you were there. I had no clue that you were doing this. You spoke to them, you met with them, how come you never said it? Because, you're, because your nosy tail didn't need to know. And because you did, come on somebody, and watch, because of safety, I don't want you to know when my wife and my kids are at home by themselves. It's crazy, okay, I'm just gonna... Watch Netflix. You seen Stalker? But that's all I'm going to say. Some stuff needs to be shared. Y'all think it's, it's crazy in these streets, y'all. Listen, some things need to be shared in retrospect. Some, not everybody deserves a peep in your bedroom. Come on. We've been to, even for us, we've always been challenged. we got to be challenged to make sure, check and see. Has God called you to share all the stuff behind the scenes? Let them catch up. Let them find out in retrospect. They're going to give God the same praise when it's done as when it's happening in real time. You don't have to let every, look, I'm on the toilet now. Oh my gosh. You know, two ply toilet paper is way better than one ply toilet paper. And then you wonder why people's nosy self is up. You show it to them. 
Can I just declare, oh, I feel deliverance in the house. I just release right now the spirit of privacy. Come on, somebody. Even now, you ought to receive that in this place. Even now, the spirit of privacy. May God show you what people's eyes are to be guarded from and show you and give you discernment when you should show and share and when you should stay behind the door. You know that Joseph would have ended up in the position in command that God called him to even if he didn't go through the pit, the prison, and the palace? You know that Joseph ended up in the pit, the prison, and the palace? This is a story in the Old Testament for those who are not familiar of the story with the story of Joseph. He ended up in the pit, the prison, and the palace because he opened his 17-year-old big mouth. Come on, somebody. And said stuff. Oh, before people that were around him could have understood what it was that God had put in his heart there are many of you the the things you're experiencing now is not because God didn't call you but it's because you've been given too much information away before the people around you are mature enough to be able to handle what it is that God has placed in your heart who is with me on today Joseph would have Be careful. BTS, watch. Uh, he says, he says, go behind the door. Shut the door. Yeah. And when one is full, put it aside. Some movements you need to make in the dark. Yeah. Number five, verse five. Are y'all are still tracking with me, right? Yeah. I'm almost done, Pete. So she went from him and shut the door. So she did what was said. Herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought vessels to her. I love it. Watch. They show us the pattern where she doesn't just say, sons, y'all sit over here. Mom's going to go in the corner and I'm going to have this time with Jesus and this miracle is between me and Jesus. She uses her sons and involves the family in the miracle. Oh my, you know why it is that a lot of children don't have faith today in Christian homes and why they run away? Come on, somebody. Uh, it's because you spend more time yelling at them, come on, as opposed to forming them and as opposed you only bring them around the negative and when you're talking about sister so-and-so and brother so I can't believe, oh, y'all don't want to be real with me on today, as opposed to bringing them around faith-filled moments where they can witness for themselves God's power at work in your household. This equal generational impact, not only were they not going to go into slavery, but they also assisted with the miracle. I remember we were sitting at home, uh, our children and us, we were there and uh, we were getting ready to start this church. And we were supposed to raise $50,000 and it was incredible because it was incredible because the $50,000, I was just nodding my head saying yes, we were in agreement. Amen. Amen. The fifty thousand dollars, peep. I want because this is this. I want you to get this. Fifty thousand dollars we had to raise, and we were three thousand dollars away, because there was an organization named Ark that was going to match that fifty thousand dollars so that we could launch from a place of strength. And our kids and my wife, so crazy talking about this stuff in our basement apartment. Because we decided when people are like, "Yeah, pastor of all these people," and you're in the basement, I'm like, "Yeah," because I'm here trying to save up a down payment. Because I don't want to be out here flashing, come on, and not owning stuff. Y'all are not... Just had to put that one in there. Not about the flash ministry. I'm about the stuff that actually counts for generations. 
So we literally are sitting there in our basement apartment, saving up the down payment to get ready to purchase this home. We are sitting there in the house before this thing gets started. And we are like, as a family, I brought the family around the table. I was like, kids. And Gabriel's like, yeah. And we're like, we need $3,000 in order to get the last bit of money for this church. And we've put asks out there. We've gone to borrow vessels. And, you know, we don't know where this is going to come from. But it's the last bit before we get this money. Before we saw all these, oh, these people being baptized and all this. We saw it in, by faith. But we were in a position sitting at the table. Like, how is this going to happen? But we brought our boys along for the journey. And so together we sat at the table and we prayed. God, please, Lord, for your church, please send this $3,000, God. This last $3,000. We went out together. We not only went to the, uh, to the, out, out to the bank. And by the time we got to the bank, not only did somebody shoot me a message, hey, I want to take care of that last $3,000. But we also saw some people, watch, peep how crazy this is, people that went into the bank and they were literally coming out of the bank to connect with us to give resources towards the launch of the church. And we happened to be in the parking spot in front of the bank. And we had no clue that they were there and that they were going to do it. God not only did this miracle for my household, or not only for the church rather, but he did it for my household. Now my sons are able to testify about the goodness and the provision of God. Stop hiding faith journeys from your children. Bring them along and watch God do the miraculous in their lives. And so verse 6, I'm almost done, Pete. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another then the oil stopped flowing. The oil didn't stop flowing until her capacity ended. Oh, the oil didn't stop flowing until the capacity ended. Yeah. It is so powerful in that moment that we note and see, watch, God determines your anointing but you determine your capacity. You determine the amount of space that you have. She literally goes out. The amount of vessels she collected were the amount of vessels that God filled with oil. Where in your life do you need God to help you to increase your capacity? Who do you need to talk to to increase your capacity? Uh, the, the same Elijah as he gets ready to die in 2 Kings chapter 3. Last scripture I'll reference. Talking about this. Verse 14 through 19 says, Now when Elijah had fallen sick, you guys can help me now, with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him, crying, My father, my father! The chariots of Israel and the horsemen and Elisha, the same Elisha that helped the widow, says to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elijah laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window eastward. Are you following the story? And he opened it. 
Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. At that time, that was the enemy of Israel. For you shall fight the Syrians in Aphek until you have made an end of them. And then he said, take the arrows. Everybody say, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck, watch, three times and stopped. Then the man, I'm reading 2 Kings 13, verse 14 through 19. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you made an end of it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Based on the times the man of God or the king struck the ground, that was the amount of times that God would have enabled him for victory. And there are many of you that have stopped striking and the oil has stopped. And it's because the oil, you determine your capacity. But God is the one that is your backative and determines the anointing. Are you with me? And then I love it. Verse 7 of 2 Kings 4 says she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on the rest not only gave her enough to pay off her debts but gave her enough to live on oh I don't know who this is for today man but God is saying just trust me trust me I have given you everything you need to win. Serve City, he's given us everything we need in you and those watching online and those who will come to walk out and to be that Acts 4 church that we saw. But it will take in our personal lives and in our corporate lives as a church for us to level up by increasing our capacity and so I invite you over these next three weeks and for the remainder of this year that you say, yo, you know what, man? Not waste you in no more. Not spending time and money frivolously and listlessly. But I give myself and I open myself to you. I'm going to ask for help when I need it. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to lean in. I'm excited about what God's going to do. If this message was a blessing to you, I want you to go ahead, put those hands together and give our great God the praise. Oh my, I see deliverance, y'all. I see breakthrough and I'm grateful for what the Lord is going to do. And someone's saying, well, yo, this sounds awesome, but I don't know the Lord. I don't know this God that you're telling me to trust. I don't have a relationship with him. Well, I want to tell you that he died for your sins, your errors, your separation from God. Not only did he die in your place, in the person of Jesus Christ, but that he rose from death with all power in his hand. And today, he extends life eternal to you. And he extends relationship with God. And all you have to do is put your trust in him. And you can begin a relationship with him now. That will not only change your eternity, but will change your life right now as you trust him. And as you open yourself to him.
And so someone's saying, how do I do that? Bible sums it up in three things. It says to repent. Everybody say repent. Repent. You recognize, yo, I am a sinner. If you're outside of God, I, I've been following myself, my passions, my flesh. And, you know, for some of you, even Satan. And you're saying today, you know what? I repent to God. I am sorry. I recognize I'm a sinner. And I turn from sin in that life. And I put my trust in you. Someone say, believe. So you put your trust in him. I believe you died. I believe you rose from death with all power. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. And then you be baptized. Someone say, be baptized. And so we seal it. Baptism, we seal it in the water. That decision to follow Christ. When we dip you in the water, you are unified with Christ's death. When we bring you up out of the water, you are unified with his resurrection and you raised to new life in Christ. And so if you have never been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we invite you to do as literally over 100 people have here at Serve City and millions around the world and follow Jesus all the way in baptism. As we have our baptism coming up in two weeks it will actually be our last baptism no that's not our last baptism for the year okay but it will be yes i thought so <laughs> well, we get to have more amen but our next baptism will be in two weeks and you can participate and be a part of that if that's you and you are compelled today and so uh if that's you and you're like i want to repent believe or be baptized or i want to come back home i've run away from god i want to come back home I'm not talking about, oh, I just made a mistake last week. and I need, No, I'm talking about you've been away from God. For those who need to come back and recommit your life, Christ is welcoming you home with open arms. You can repent, believe, and be baptized today. Um, on your seat back, there's a connection card, a QR code. Go ahead and scan that. You can scan that or the link on the screens. For those who are listening via podcast, you can go to servecity.ca forward slash connection card. Fill that out. Fill that out. And uh, let us know about your decision and our team will connect with you.